Hey, fellow mathers, do you have limited classroom time? Do you want to make the biggest, best impact on your students that you can? Then you need to start here with the Math is Figureoutable Challenge. It's three one-hour sessions of the quickest and most powerful ways to reach the most students with the most math. We're having special guest Jenna Labe. Mark your calendars for May 15th through 17th at 7 p.m. Central and watch this space to find out when registration opens. If you can't make those times, you'll want to register anyway so you can get access to the session recordings. And now, on to the episode. Hey, fellow mathematicians! Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we make the case that mathematizing is not about mimicking steps or rote memorizing facts, but it's about thinking and reasoning, about creating and using mental mathematical relationships. We take the strong stance that not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching, but that mimicking algorithms actually keeps students from being the mathematicians they can be. We answer the question, if not algorithms and step-by-step procedures, then what? Okay, Pam, I'm super excited about today because we are in like conference season, right? There's lots of things going back on. School's in session and there's lots of things going on in person and in virtual. And so here's what I'm wondering. If Pam Harris goes to a conference, Mm -hmm. how in the world do you choose who to see, right? So walk in, you're probably going to be speaking, but you walk in, there's this conference book or it's online and there's hundreds and hundreds of things. There are so many choices. Who do you go listen to? So I've asked you to think about, I don't know, three or four people that if you were in this session, you would be excited about. Yeah, that's interesting because early on in my career, uh, I remember going to some uh, NCTM, National Council of Teachers in Mathematics, um, here in the States and Canada. That's our, our professional organization. And I went to a regional and I was a brand new teacher and I read the session titles and the session descriptions and I mm-hmm. circled and I, you know, mm-hmm. I was all excited and everything. And session after session, I was disappointed. I was like, what? Like, that's a trick. You're, you're teaching us tricks or it was like not cohesive. You know, it was like a bunch of things to just try. It was kind of shot in the dark or, or the speakers weren't particularly engaging or it mm-hmm. wasn't what I was looking for. And I randomly happened on a speaker and I thought to myself, I will go hear everything you have to say because you were so intriguing and so principle-based. Like it was, it was stuff that I could think about and apply to other things. It was cohesive. It was thoughtful. She was interesting, entertaining. And Gail Burrell, I will shout out right then, I, I sitting in her session, I thought to myself, oh, you are good. Okay, so then a little funny story on myself. <laughs> Because then I went back to school and I was like, hey, there's this new and up and coming. And they're like, Pam, she's the president of NCTM. (laughs) I was like, oh, (laughs) well, uh, I know she's good too. (laughs) In that, yeah, anyway. Uh, So she was, and she did some amazing things in her tenure. Um, I am dating myself a little bit. That was in the early 1990s. And I literally went to every session that I could uh, ever see her presenting um, after that. What I did was I started to go to session, to, to conferences and I would look in the back at the speaker index and I would find Gail Burrell and I would circle whatever she was doing and I would go there. And it, it started to permeate uh, other ways. When I began to find other people 
who spoke to me, who had sort of a principle base, like they, they said things that I was like, oh, that is where I am right now. And I want to know more about that. Um, ooh, let me actually say it was a little less about where I was in the moment. And it was a lot more about this speaks to the way I think about teaching and learning. Yeah. So there were definitely presenters or facilitators that I would go listen to who had kind of the shiny, like this is the up and coming, this is the new, mm-hmm. I, I would go listen to that. I, I was somewhat interested in that, but the ones that I looked for every time, that's kind of who I thought I would talk about today. The ones that no matter what they were talking about, I knew that they were going to have something worth hearing because it wasn't just a flash in the pan. It wasn't just go try this because maybe it wasn't things that weren't research-based. They were research-based. They were interesting and and they knew kids. Like I could tell these people actually treated students as human beings. Anyway, so all of that uh, to say, let me talk about some people. Uh, when you asked me to think about three or four people, I thought I would focus today on a few people who who have that overarching that I will go look for. And it kind of doesn't matter what they're talking about. I'm going to go listen to them. So one of those people who is, I'm finding really intriguing for the past couple of years and forgive me about a name pronunciation. I, 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 I'm going to say some names today and you know, this is how I say your name in my head. So I apologize if I'm, if I'm messing it up, I think names are important. So I actually uh, hate the fact that I'm probably going to butcher some names, but Kareem Ani is a writer and a teacher and uh, a presenter. And I've heard him. He used to, his company used to be called Mathalicious and now it's Citizen Math. And I find what he does or what I've heard him speak about fascinating and intriguing and very thoughtful. The part that I heard, and uh, I've only heard him a couple of times. I want to hear some more is where he says, Looking at the world today, we have a lot of disagreement, a lot of argument, a lot of uh, just ugliness happening where people like take one side of an issue and they go to this extreme on that side of the issue and they kind of like won't even hear the other side. And we're not we're not having conversation around the issue. We're just like putting our, our flag in the ground and we're like, this is where we stand. And so what he does, and I think it's amazing how he does it, is he chooses a hot button issue and then he says, let's use math. Like we have all the people in the world need to use math to, to, to support our arguments. Now, forgive me, Kareem, if I'm totally like destroying what you said, but this is what I got out of what you said. And I think it's fascinating. I think we would all be served um, well to try to do more of this where he takes that issue and then he says, all right, let's think about this side of it. And he puts forth numbers and data and a way of thinking about the issue that kind of is on one of the sides. And uh, you could be tempted at that point to go, yeah, see, see, but then, then they dive into the math and ask all these questions about the mathematics around it and make predictions and model and, and all wonderful stuff. And then, then he says, but what about this side and provides the data and learns more math. And now you have really the complexities of the argument to where it becomes much more easy to be a human being around the discussion and the conversation and realize that there are two sides to this argument and a reasonable person could actually think the other the other way yeah. and that maybe we could acknowledge that and that we could acknowledge that reasonable people could have uh, maybe not the extreme uh, on either side of the issue, but reasonable people could understand this issue this way. Let's use math because we can to help us make these really hard decisions. That sounds so fascinating. 
It's like is. a little sociology and psychology mixed with math. I'm intrigued. And and and, and history and geography yeah. and politics and religion and government and all of the crazy. Let's maybe take some of the crazy out and put some of the reasoning in and use math to do it. And I I, I just so I support his work and I think that that's amazing that, that that's he's cool. doing that work. Yeah. All right. So who else um, am I, who, who else would I circle in my book? And I would go hear what they were talking about kind of no matter what they were talking about. Peter Lilliadal is on that list. Um, yeah. Again, hope I'm saying that name correctly. So he has written building thinking classrooms. And I actually have the book on my desk right now and I am reading it. He and I are carrying on some conversations on Twitter about his work and, and my work and how they dovetail together. And I think they do dovetail well together. Here's a couple things that he said that really uh, made me go, Ooh, I'm, I'm interested in what you have to say. So he also works, he's a mathematics teacher educator. He works with people becoming teachers. And he said that he got frustrated. So again, I like all y'all that are listening to me put your words out there. I hope I'm representing them well. So at whatever point you want to like push back and go, I didn't say that. This is what I heard you say. Um, He said that in trying to change uh, the way teachers teach, he found that he had less impact when he just sort of helped teachers think about change and make change and everything. And so he decided instead to change students. And he went about like changing kind of like throwing up in the air, all the things, and then experimenting with uh, everything he could think of to change, to see what would have the greatest impact on changing. I thought that was intriguing. Um, And then the things that he is suggesting that we do, I find intriguing. I think the work that he does, um, especially his first three pillars about using vertical non-permanent services and uh, random grouping and uh, rich tasks, we do a lot of that same kind of work uh, that in when we do sort of investigations, rich task work, we have found it to be very uh, effective to use um, a lot of his thinking. And so I'm, I'm anxious to get more into his work and to hear more from him. So Peter Lilliedal. Oh, I'm looking at the time. I'm like, how many more people do, do uh, can I talk about? I, I'll, I'll maybe not talk about Deborah Ball as long. So Deborah Ball, the University of Michigan has done some amazing work about helping us think about the mathematics for teaching. And I really respect the idea that she has helped us all think about that there's mathematics and there's a subset of that mathematics that you might not need to know if you're just sort of doing mathematics, but that a teacher needs to know. And that, and then we can even subdivide that more. Um, and I'm not going to get into all of that, but, but the idea that there is a, um, a knowledge that we need as teachers that is special to our craft as teachers, I think that that's really helpful and has moved the conversation forward. Um, I think some of the uh, work that she's doing recently on micro moments and the, the, the micro decisions that we make affecting uh, hugely like the the bigger things that we do. I think I find that also very um, informative and helpful. Um, So I'll mention just a couple of other people a little bit quicker. So Zaretta Hammond, I'm finding her to be very helpful in parsing out a lot of the, some of the jargon that I hear lately. And I, I don't, I don't mean that ugly, but I do mean that in the way that I think a lot of people are using words to say things that, that maybe uh, because so many people are using the, uh, those words, we, we might be talking past each other. We might not be as clear what they mean. And I find uh, Zaretta Hammond is doing, a, for me, a really helpful job in parsing out, this is what this 
this is actually what this research was, even though people are using yeah. the words differently. And this is actually what this research was, which is slightly different. And this is actually what this research was. It's actually slightly different. And here are ways that they can work together. But when you use these words, this is, you know, anyway, so I think she's helping me sort of be more clear on a lot of things. And I think the way that she talks about elevating all students yes. as learners um, is very helpful. Yeah. She I actually got to hear her recently and she spoke about um, the learning pit which mm-hmm. I found so interesting and mm-hmm. how we have to, we, we want to maybe build a bridge sometimes to help kids get out of the learning pit and we have to help them or, or not, or never go in the learning or never pit. get right. right mm-hmm. Rescue a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can't remember to be honest, if that was her uh, work and language or if she was um, sharing about somebody else's, I'll have to look into that. So I don't, I don't it's, it's someone else's, but she okay. did a really good job. Of, it was of, fascinating. Yeah. I loved mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really nice. And also parsing out sort of culturally culturally relevant teaching. Responsive, from, yeah, yeah. Culturally responsive teaching, thank you. And uh, both, maybe? <laughs> no, maybe. I, 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 and again, you're going to hear me not be so clear on the words yet because mm-hmm. I haven't heard her enough yet. So it's one of the reasons why. And so I'll just, I'll be transparent. I'm diving into her work because it's helping me parse out a lot of things that, that's in some ways, again, because we're talking past each other and in other ways, because I think sometimes there are some suggestions out there that I find less helpful, but because they're all lumped together, right. we're kind of all adopting all of them. And I want to be able to parse out the less helpful suggestions from the ones that will actually get us more bang for a buck. And then lastly, I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, several people who have influenced my teaching and I think would be super um, interesting for y'all to go here at a conference or to pick up their work dive in, follow them on Twitter and on all the social media. We'll, we'll put their um, Twitter handles in the, in the show notes. So Jenny Bay Williams has been a delight for me to get to know. I actually met her. I, I'm putting that in air quotes. Uh, when um, John Vanderwall and I presented um, at, at a small conference several years ago before he passed away. And I'll never forget that he, as we were talking, he said, he said, you know, I'll share something with you. And I was like, First of all, I can't believe I'm talking to John Vanderwall. And, yeah. and secondly, I can't believe he's going to share something with me. And he said, I, I think I have found my successor. I think I think I have found the person who can carry on my work. Yeah. And it was Jenny Bay Williams. And I, I heard that. And then I met Jenny. And she's as delightful as you would think. And it's been um, fascinating to work with her. And if, if I may, just the one thing. Well, she's done a lot of good work. Uh, in, in fact, I'll say first. she uh, Jen, So Jennifer Bay Williams and John San Giovanni have just put out some great work on numeracy. Really appreciate their voice in the numeracy effort. Uh, I've been doing numeracy work for quite a while. And um, finally, someone else is. Uh, no, I shouldn't say that. There are a lot of good people that have done numeracy work, but I really like the type of work that they're doing. And I find it really helpful. I in fact, I remember Kim, you mentioned uh, John San Giovanni to me first before I knew they were working together. And -hmm. you know, I'm just going to pipe in real quick that um, when I would go to sessions as a new teacher, I saw a lot of people do the make and take sessions, right? Like I I, Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of that. And what I have still found that I love and and the reason why I was watching um, his session was because he did some fantastic number routines that meshed with my belief system about uh, mathematics. It, w- mm-hmm. it wasn't a like cut out this stuff or do these like kind of uh, nonsensical uh, routines. They <laughs> More were hokey, right? They were fantastic routines that I um, that I would use on the regular. For sure. Yeah. And you, you recognize that they, there was like a system, like they belong together. It wasn't right. just like the yep. shot in the dark, try yep. this, but Love it was that. like, no, these actually build the kind of relationships we believe are important. Um, right. Yeah. So check out their, their new work. 
Um, the one thing I wanted to mention about uh, Jenny was that, that she and I were at a conference. She didn't know me from anybody. And we started chatting. Um, and I think it might have been the second time that we chatted, uh, you know, at two separate conferences that I said, do you mind? Do you mind if I like poke on some of the stuff that I've, I'm hearing come out? I'd love your take on. And, and, and I said the word algorithm and the word fluency and how adding it up used fluency and how I disagreed with uh, some of that. And, and, and I, I basically said, you, you have a voice, right? You have this platform because what I really appreciated is as I pushed back, she pushed back on me. And we had this like brilliant conversation of, of really give and take. Often I find when I try to push back on people's work, they won't push back. They just go, okay, well, that's your opinion. Bye. And they walk away. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, like I want to have the conversation. I'm, I'm not, I'm not just trying to like dig at your work. I really actually want to understand where you're, where you're coming from. Thank you, Jenny, for that conversation. That's been um, very helpful and fruitful in my my growth as an educator. So a couple other people I'll shout out. Joe Bowler is doing amazing work. Dan Meyer is doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, re- really appreciate the work he's doing. Um, Elham Kazemi, I th- tried to say that right. I, I know people butcher your name and I, I apologize. I actually looked up to try to see how to pronounce it. And there were three different ways. So I just chose the one that I... Th- I heard you say once how not to say your name. So I didn't say it that way, but, <laughs> but you might've said, I might've done another way not to say it. Anyway, um, I, I think she's done some amazing work. I'm in the Seattle area uh, with teachers. When I heard her talk about the the systems work that she did with whole groups of teachers, it really influenced Kim, the work that we do K-12 where we bring in problem strings as the instructional routine that you can work with in the whole system. And so everybody yeah. can be having similar conversations. And so Uh I really appreciated that nudge um, there. Uh, Also, Kathy Fosno has been hugely instrumental in all the work. Jillie Dixon, I think she does an an amazing job at lots of things. But one of the things I I like about uh, the first time I ever heard Jillie Dixon speak, Julie K. Dixon and the Stroke of Luck, was uh, she sort of, there was a keynote at a a regional or, or state conference. And she kind of said, hey, here are some things that I hear teachers latching onto but incorrectly. And then she kind of listed three or four things and debunked some of the kind of popular ways of looking at some of the kind of shiny research that was out. And she's like, just because you say the word yet doesn't mean you have growth mindset. Like we've got to do more. And and she kind of, I specifically remembered there where she poked on some growth mindset things that I was seeing as well, uh, that were less helpful ways and that we really had to get like into what it meant to have a growth mindset, not just use some superficial growth mindset language. And anyway, some things like that I found very helpful. Um, and then lastly, I'll sh- uh, shout out a fellow secondary uh, person who went elementary. Sarah Vanderwerf is doing some good stuff. Um, so there are some names of people who <laughs> I, I, asked, I, I, I just, asked you for three or four, and we got a whole bunch of them, which is oh. fantastic. No, it's fantastic. And But I might want to pipe in that Maybe this isn't an exhaustive list. Oh, it's There's- it's certainly not. Please, I, I've left out tons of people who have been uh, hugely influential on yes. it. I would suggest you listen to. But there's there are some some people who are on the top of my head right now. Yeah, excellent, yep. fantastic. <laughs> so, Kim, on social media, we've been putting out some of our favorite routines um, and just kind of smattering them out there. It's like when I get a, a, a you know, hey, let's put one of those out this week, and I'll just you know, I'm working with teachers and we create one. I'm like, oh, let's throw that out on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, and, and, and people started asking, is there a place where we can go find more of these? And I was like, well, uh, actually, yeah, there's a ton of them in building powerful numeracy for middle and high school students. Um, there's also a ton of them in lessons and activities for building powerful numeracy, but there's also these ones that we put out on social media. And so we started to gather those and we have kind of a repository of 
as close as it gets is a routine we like. Relational thinking is a routine we like. Um, there's problem strings. I can't remember what else. Several, several routines that we like, kind of our favorites, not the ones that other people have done a great job with. So uh, we love which one doesn't belong, but, but that, that one's been done well. So we, we didn't try to repeat that one, but we've put a lot of our favorite routines that, that kind of aren't anywhere else in a repository, check them out on the website. Um, we'll talk more about them later on the podcast, but you might want to check out mathisforgettable.com. Go to learn now and look for those um, instructional routines. Lastly, today we've been talking about leaders of mathematics education. I just gave you several leaders that you could go listen to at conferences. So as a leader, we have created this thing called Journey Leader. If you are a leader and would like to join our cadre of leaders who are learning together and um, working towards helping teachers become more and more real math teachers, teachers that teach math is forgettable math, then, and you want to help join that, you want to help join the math is forgettable leader movement, then uh, join Journey Leader. You can check that out at mathisforgettable.com slash leader. So mathisforgettable.com slash leader can give you more information about that. If you want to learn more math and refine your mathematics teaching so that you and students are mathematizing more and more, then join the Math is Figureoutable movement and help us spread the word that math is figureoutable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. Remember, we're going to be opening registration for the Math is Figureoutable challenge soon. Mark your calendar from May 15th through 17th. You are not going to want to miss these free PD evenings where you'll learn four routines you need in your classroom that are naturally engaging and encourage students to think mathematically. And remember, if you can't make those times, registering gets you access to the recordings. Keep making math figure outable.